let's be radically honest. There's a reason why you decided to become the professional or entrepreneur that you are today. Is it safe to say that it wasn't to be away from those you love or sacrifice yourself and your health while doing it? What if you could create the life and business of your dreams without working harder? What if stress and overwhelm were a thing of your past? Entrepreneurial success coach Ranchelle Van Bryce is here to guide you through letting go of comparison and imposter syndrome so that you can stop making a living and start creating your epic life. Woohoo! Who does not want an epic life? Those of you who don't want an epic life, step aside, step aside, because you'll be so bored uh, if it's me that's chatting, because you really, really have this opportunity to create this epicness. Epicness! Ooh, new word! Uh, thank you so much for joining me, whether you're here with me live or you're listening afterwards. I appreciate you and the time that you are taking to be with me. Um, I like to have a little bit of fun. So there's a little bit of jesting going on, just a little bit of humor and all of those kind of fun, fun things, right? Uh, totally. We need to have fun. Um, last year, uh, I heard this woman, her name is Kimberly Crow from Speakers Playhouse. And she's like, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. And I, you know, so I started to bring that kind of motto into my own life, especially in business. If it's not fun, it's not worth doing because I do like to have fun and uh, I love laughing and things like that. Although I'm not always been really great at playing, right? So laughing is good. Uh, I like to have fun. But playing, being playful, that's always been difficult for me. And so when I heard that, I was like, ooh, I need to bring more play into my life. And so I uh, work consistently at that, diligently at that, because it doesn't come easy. I know for some of you, they're like, what do you mean play doesn't come easy? And it's like, yeah, no, you know, when my kids were little, I would do puzzles with them and I would play card games with them or word games with them. Um, But anything that was like outside of my comfort zone, like, Barbies or Legos or like like imaginatory things I really really struggled with right and so um so it's exciting for me to be here and to be playful with you and to you know share that little bit of information why is that relevant well let me tell you because we're going to talk about the quantum uh, we're going to talk about probably not the quantum physics although we will be talking about quantum physics we're going to talk about universal laws today which for me um is lots of fun and I can bring some playfulness into it. Uh, and so today I wanna to talk uh, with you about working with the universal laws actually looks like or what it could look like in your life. You know, many people believe that the first um, time that the universal laws were spoken about were in a book uh, and movie called The Secrets. However, uh, you know, I like to share, there's another book um, published in 1939 called The Master Key System. And it's by Charles F. Hanel, H-A-A-N-E-L. He was actually one of the first, still not the first, but one of the first that talked about the law of attraction uh, or the the law of thinking. Um, Also, it can be found in different publications uh, like the Bible. You use the small B Bible or large B Bible, but the the universal laws are also in, uh, in many of the different Bibles out there, whatever your Bible is. So it's an opportunity for you to take a look at some of the writings and see it through a different lens. You know, sometimes I think we have a difficult time. I'll put myself in that with a difficult time with the Bible because it's association with a religion, right? So I grew up Catholic. And so when I was growing up, God to me was a punishing God. God to me was a a God that I tried to compromise with, you know, ask, plead with, if you do this, then I'll be, you know, I'll do this. 
And of course, um, maybe in your world that worked, but in my world, pleading with God didn't work. And what I was asking him to do was to help my family. My dad uh, has been sober for a very long time, but it certainly had an impact on our life. And so when my dad finally did sober up, uh, I was 14, he started going to AA. Um, my mom started going to Al-Anon and I started to go to LT. Now, for those of you in the 12-step program, I do have permission to talk about this, just so that you know, uh, I am not breaching anything with regards to my parents. So full, full disclosure, uh, I'm allowed to, to talk and share my experiences about my dad and my mom and what was happening when they were drinking and then when they sobered up. So when they sobered up, we started, uh, I went to Alateen, and there is something called the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. And in those, we talk about the a higher power. So that was my first transition moving from something of a religious nature, God, to something more spiritual, which would be my, uh, my higher power. And I started to develop my spiritual muscle at a very young age. I was 14 years old. My dad introduced me to Deepak Chopra. Maybe some of you know who he is and Wayne Dyer. Those were two of my first um, personal self-development books that I was had access to. My father gave them to me and I was 14 years old. My life has never been the same since then. Although there are times in my life, you know, truly when I lost my way in the sense of um, stopped practicing uh, spiritually, didn't have a spiritual practice and eventually made my way uh, back to around 2017, 2018 to using the universal laws on a daily basis and having a practice. And for me, that's really been the difference. It's kind of, it's, you know, like everything else, it comes with practice. And having a daily practice has allowed me to really, I guess, I think, transform um, you know, the way that I show up in the world and then transform my environment. Uh, is there room for more? Hell yes, right? Uh, is my is my practice perfect? Uh, hell no. Do I make mistakes in it? Yes. Do I struggle with limiting beliefs still? Um, absolutely. Then it's not as fierce and it's not as long, uh, but I still have them, right? And so, but having the practice allows me to really be in a place of what I would refer to as serenity and a place of peacefulness, which then is linked to prosperity, uh, and perhaps maybe uh, prosperous in a different way. When we think of prosperity and abundance, we often think of money, right? And how much money is in the bank account. And I think that's like a really, really small portion of really what the, um, the laws, the universal laws can provide us for, with, with and for. And I want to talk today about what does, what does it actually mean to like have a practice of sorts, a spiritual practice, or how can you utilize you know, the universal laws in your everyday life. Now, over the last week or so, in many different areas of my business, I've been talking about the universal laws and how you can utilize them in marketing um, and sales. And so I'll more than likely bring that into what we're talking about as well, because I don't believe that we can separate life away from, like our personal stuff away from business. You know, Ranchelle shows up, you know, in work, and she also shows up at home. And there's an underlying essence, of some, you know, uh, I guess, tying to it. So how we do one thing is how we do everything, right? And I may put forward a, a different foot in business uh, than I do at home, not very often. Do I do that any longer? I know certainly I, I used, to be, used to do that in the past, but now it's like, no, I'm happy to share with people if I'm not 100%. Um, I don't whine about it, but I'm also not pretending that I'm okay when I'm not okay. 
And that, that's not necessarily a right thing or wrong thing to do. It's just how I decide to show up in my business, right? If I'm coaching someone, I want to make sure I'm 100%, you know, able to coach and uh, full, full, full-hearted, open-hearted, and if not, then I let my clients know that perhaps maybe today is not the best time for us to meet because I'm maybe not at my at 100%. And it's, it's a great position to be in um, because then I can show up fully as myself. And if I can't, I've given myself permission, but I guess also, um, you know, my clients have enough grace and, and we have a, a great enough relationship that it's okay. There's no expectation for me to pretend to be or do something that I'm not. And that actually is that comes from practicing the universal laws, uh, showing up in this particular way. I am a fellow uh, people pleaser, right? A former people pleaser. And um, you certainly was born out of a fear of criticism. You know, in our lives, we either need to be right or not be wrong. And it was important for me to not be wrong. And so the fear of criticism that I had, which is tied to my limits and beliefs, which is tied to my core wounds and core fears, and being in that position really, um, you know, and having this fear of criticism stopped me from doing so many things, stopped me from trying so many things. Even when we look at, you know, can I be playful or not? Uh, the playfulness piece of it actually comes from being afraid of criticism. Maybe I might play hide and seek incorrectly. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, truly, I get that. But that's really some of the things that have happened in my life, you know, from that perspective. And so, you know, when we do this, when we come to the space and we decide to, to have a spiritual practice, there's lots of different spiritual practices out there. And what I mean by a spiritual practice and what I mean about living the universal laws, which is part of my practice, I'm talking about how do you apply a law, how do you integrate it, and then how do you embody it? And if you look at the definitions of those, those are all a little bit different. And I really, um, my opinion, and it's simply an opinion is that we have an opportunity in our practices to do all of those, apply, integrate, and embody. Think about yoga, right? And um, becoming a yogi, if that's, I might be using the wrong terminology because I'm not a yogi, but moving into that space, right? There's practices that, um, that we require, right? When we're exercising, there are practices, you know, if we want a new health regime, there's practices that we will need to apply and integrate and then embody. I believe that's where transformation comes from when we do those three things. And so years ago, uh, as I was getting back into my spiritual practice and working with a mentor, you know, we talked about um, the universal laws by Raymond Hollywell. Sorry, I went looking around for my book here. So for those of you who have not seen, this is the book that I study. So Raymond Hollywell's Working with the Law. And I remember my mentor saying to me, uh, it's one thing to say that you know this, Ranchal. It's one thing to cite the law. It's another thing to apply it. It's another thing to embody it. So you might have the knowledge so for example, uh, the law of attraction, people will say, oh yeah, I know that. And you know, the question we can ask ourselves is, do you really, do you, you might be aware of it. Do you, are you practicing it though? Are you embodying it? Are you like integrating it? Because that's different. Like, you know, the, the, taking something information and just citing it. So, you know, when we go back into this opportunity for the for how do you live the universal laws, it is a place of study. So for example, 
one of the things that, that I do is I'll take a law and I'll read it out loud and I'll take it paragraph by paragraph. And then I'll ask myself, am I currently applying this? Have I integrated this in my life? And am I embodying this? And then I just listen to, because I listen to my body, my body will tell me whether there's truth in what I'm saying. And if I'm not, let's say I've applied it maybe, but I'm not integrating it or embodying it, then I can use my thought, my brain, my conscious self to say, okay, so how, how can I do this? What else is possible, right? How can I, you know, embody, for example, the universal law of thinking? How can I embody a law of thinking? And, you know, what happens is when we ask ourselves a question, our brains are amazing, like, you know, search like SEO, Google on steroids, then your brain will start to look for ways and means to, to make that happen. Now, also what's really important is to understand in this particular case, I'm talking about the application integration or embodiment. It's to look up the word and, and feel how that feels in your auric field, because it might be different for you. You might want to use a different word. And I think what's really important is it's your word, not my word, right? So what would integrating and embodying um, the universal law of attraction look like, feel like, sound like? So I'm quickly going to do that, and then we're going to go to our first break. So what would integrating uh, and embodying, we'll do the law of, the, the law of thinking, pardon me, this the law of attraction, but the universal law of thinking. Well, the universal law of thinking basically talks about eventually thoughts become things. It's not like you know, at the snap of a finger. But if one has a thought, it's sending out uh, a vibration and energy out into the universe. If one speaks that thought, it sends out another vibration. Add an emotion to it. It's really the emotion that creates it. It sends it out into this formless substance, becomes a form. That's the spiritual. Scientifically, what happens? You know, you send a thought out. So you start thinking about what you desire. Um, or what you want based in lack, which will have the same, the, the energy behind it is the same, the effect is different, meaning if it comes from the place of lack, you're going to get what you don't want. If it comes from a place of desire, you'll create what you do want. So how do you know if you're embodying it? Well, you're probably embodying it, maybe even not knowing. <laughs> so here's what happens. Take a look at your environment your circumstances and your results, because you're applying it. You're, but are you applying the, the law the way that you desire? So if you, if you have a lack of clients or a lack of revenue or a lack of health or a lack of relationship or something lack there, there what's going on is you're creating and manifesting what you don't want, which means you're at an unconscious level applying, integrating and embodying the universal law of thinking. I know it's kind of a psh with the mind, right? So we're going to talk about a little bit more about that law um, and other laws and how can you actually live through, live with the universal laws uh, after our first break. Thank you so much for joining me here. Oh my goodness, those words were way too fast. Thanks for joining me here on Inspired Choices Network. My name is Ramshell. 
And you are with me here on Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle. Many of us view success as something that you arrive at, something you pursue, something that you will have to make happen. What if you ignited success within yourself? What if you viewed success differently, changed the way you look at it? Would you feel differently about yourself and your journey? Tuning in to Ignite Your Success with entrepreneurial success coach Ranchel Van Bryce, you'll receive tools and insight to ignite your very own success differently. Join Ranchel Wednesdays on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Ignite Your Success with Ranchell. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. Or you can come to Red Deer, Alberta, which is where I live. We can hang out today at the time of this uh, live show. It's like minus 50 something with the wind chill. So very, very chilly. So chilly here in, in Red Deer. Uh, welcome back again, whether you're here live or listening afterwards. My name is Ranchal Van Bryce. We're on Inspired Choices Network, and the show is Ignite Your Success with Ranchal. Today I'm talking about, you know, living the universal laws. It's one thing to, to read them and they go, oh, yeah, that law of attraction stuff, I know that. Or, yeah, you know, I heard about, uh, some people call it the universal law of reciprocity. So that's a, something um, we can talk about, you know, or, oh, yeah, I've heard about all things are created whole, and it's, you know, that's the universal law of clarity. And so you can hear about it, or you can actually, like, take a moment and go, like, how do I actually live the laws? How do I, how do I apply them? How will I integrate them? And how will I embody them? Then the, th the truth is you're, you're already applying them and integrating and embodying them, but maybe at an unconscious level. You might not be in awareness of what it is that and how you're creating, but you're always creating, right? We will either create and manifest what we desire or we'll create and manifest what we want from a lack perspective. Now for you, when you say I want something, it might be a place of, of from abundance and love and, and prosperity and a higher vibe emotion. Um, I just distinguish the two between usually if I want something, it's because I don't have it. Like I want ice cream <laughs> every day. I, I want ice cream and it means I don't have it necessarily in my house. Otherwise I would eat ice cream every day. All right. So the versus the desire is the desire is a thing that is, it's like in my soul. I can feel it. It's like, it, it has such a purpose to it. Right. And you know, the thing is, when we talk about the universal law of supply, which is whatever we desire, the ways and means for it to, to happen will happen. And so, you know, when you're thinking about that particular law, and you think, how do I live this? How do I live the universal law of supply? It's really about being an awareness of, man, everything that I desire, 
not once, um, although once it would happen as well. So we're always creating, right? We're always creating. So let me just take a moment here and pause and, and um, start this again so this will make sense. Everything that you desire, you have an opportunity to create. And if we utilize the universal law of supply, and we know that because we desire it, the ways and means for it to happen will happen. And we may not see how to do that, but as long as we just take action, it's inspired action, knowing full well, so some of us would call that faith, having the faith to know that it will happen, right? That the things that you desire will unfold in, it, in its way. So when you're living this law, what this kind of looks like, at least when I'm living this law, is when I make a decision to do something, I know that the ways and means will happen. It will come, it will unfold. I also know that I don't have to know it the entire step all the way. I only need to know the first step. So it allows me to take a step to take action and not have to worry about having the entire thing planned out before I take action. Otherwise, I would personally get stuck in procrastination and self-sabotage, right? And so it's just this one thing. What's this next one thing? So when, you, when you're living this law, you can just ask, like, show me the way. Show me what this one step is. Show me this next step. And so when you look at this, again, I'm talking about living the quantum, um, or pardon me, living of universal laws. Um, I use the word, the word quantum keeps on popping up truly because over this last week, I've been talking about creating a quantum leap using the universal laws. So let's just go with that for a moment. Let's just, you know, it's, it keeps on coming up. So I might as well just use the words that are being provided and create this quantum leap using the universal laws. When we do that, when, when we apply the law. So for example, I want to apply, integrate and embody the universal law of supply. One way I can do that is to go beyond logic. Right? I don't have to come up with a logical way. It doesn't have to make sense. I can start to dream and imagine really, really uh, you know, creative things. I could step out of my comfort zone and like if I could wave a magic wand and create whatever I wanted to, what would that look like? Who would be there? Where would I, where would I be? Would I be having, would I live in more than one place? Would I be living in Red Deer? This week, no, it's minus 50 with the wind chill. I wouldn't be in Red Deer. All of these things, you know. So we can take this the laws and go, oh, if I could just, you know, have this opportunity to like go beyond logic. That is one way you can use the universal law, the universal law of supply to help you create and manifest anything and everything that you want, right? We could also redefine failure. So we can use something like, what is failure? Really, what is failure? And how can I, so the universal law of supply or in the universal law of thinking, if I just redefine failure, then failure, you know, once it's redefined, isn't bad, right? It doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm doing. Failure just means I tried something and it didn't quite work out the way that I, that I thought it would work out, right? Does that mean it's failure? Well, you know, in some terms, I guess, yes, but I look at failure is not a bad thing, but I look at, I know all of the ways to not, on not to do something, <laughs> right? I could tell you a gazillion ways of not, uh, a, a way not to do marketing. 
I can tell you ways to do marketing you know, that are successful, but I can also tell you all the ways to not do marketing. It's because I've failed at marketing a few times, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, growing up, uh, again, when we talk about, uh, earlier I talked about this need to be right or not, need to not be wrong. If I have a need to not be wrong, then it would be difficult for me to embrace failure, right? But if I go back into the laws and go, okay, the universal law of thinking is whatever I think I can create. So I want to ensure that I'm thinking positive thoughts, thinking that failure is not a bad thing, but what is failure? Failure is an opportunity to move forward. Failure is to look at the obstacles and challenges. So we can reframe what failure means. So, you know, as we're thinking about, you know, these, this universal law of practice, and that's really all it is, is it's understanding, you know, that it is a way and, and a way and means to live, right? Some people would use commandments to live their life. This is a different way to look at it. We're going to use the universal truths to, to live our life. And then the outcome of that can be, if you so choose it to be, I'll use my words, peace, serenity, prosperity, because we know that these are natural laws and they're naturally happening for us, not to us, regardless whether we're embracing them or not. <laughs> right? So we're always in application, uh, maybe unknowingly in application of the law. But wouldn't it be cool if you could be in a space where you're like, oh, I'm totally going to apply, integrate, and embody, let's say, the universal um, law of thinking or the universal law of attraction or the universal law of non-resistance would be another one, right? So let's actually go into the universal law of non-resistance. What does that mean? It means moving into a space and place where you're not resisting what is happening. You're no longer in resistance of the isness, as I call it, the isness of the situation, but you're embracing the isness. You're looking at your experience and you're, you're creating and finding, I'll use the word delight, in an experience that maybe you wouldn't have thought in the past was so delightful. Maybe something has happened in your life and you would perceive it or judge it as bad or, or wrong or painful or hurtful. Perhaps maybe somebody in your life, uh, uh, you've been in a relationship and you've been hurt in the relationship. Now, before I would have said that someone hurt you, but the truth is no one hurts you. No one can offend you, hurt you, upset you, make you mad, make you sad, make you happy, right? You are a sovereign being and you have, a, you have decisions, a choice, whether or not you're offended, upset, sad, mad, angry, hurt or happy with the, with the way that someone shows up in your relationship, right? So if someone insults you, I'll use that. If someone insults you, you actually can make the decision whether or not you want it to be insulted, right? So, and, and there's, so, the, so part of the law, right, is we'll take a look at this and we can move into non-resistance, meaning I'm, I'm, not resisting or I'm in, in uh, not resisting what the person's saying. I'm not agreeing what the person is saying, but I'm not going to resist what that person says. Right? It means that I'm not trying to fight back in this situation. It means that I I can move into so this is just my own definitions. I can move into surrender. 
Now, a lot of people have a challenge with the word surrender because they'll think it's like the white flag, I'm giving up, right? I'm in war, uh, I, I'm giving up, I'm waving the white flag and I'm being taken prisoner. But what if surrender could mean something else? What if surrender could mean I'm just accepting the isness of the situation? But we have a hard time with acceptance because we think that that by accepting, it means we're accepting that, it, that, it be, that it's a good thing. Acceptance doesn't have to mean, right, that it's a good thing. Acceptance is, I'm in awareness that this situation is happening. I'm in awareness that this person is showing up this way in my life. I'm in awareness of these things and I'm not resisting it, right? I don't have to like it, but I don't have to be in resistance to it. I can just look at it and experience the isness of the situation and have it simply be. Can you imagine being peaceful when someone's trying to upset you? It's a choice to be upset. So that person doesn't make us mad. Person A says something, you can make the decision whether or not you would like to be angry with him. Now, does that take practice? Yes. Does that take um, the opportunity and the ability to pause, be in awareness of, right, of the emotions? So there's a response versus a reaction. Yes. Does that take a maturity that not everyone has? Yes. It absolutely does take a maturity that not everyone has. And I understand that. However, it is possible that you can move into non-resistance and move into a place of accepting the isness of it and lead a really peaceful and prosperous life and have people around you have the drama and the chaos. And you're not ignoring it in the sense of suppressing and repressing it. You're like in, the, in it, like you are, you're witnessing it, but you don't have to participate in it, right? And so when we do this, when we're practicing this and, and this, this law, so many amazing things can happen because you can take a look at what's going on in your environment and you'll start to see where before you would have reacted and now you're moving into response. It's such a beautiful state to be in, right? And it doesn't mean that you don't love somebody, right? It, and it doesn't mean that you're, again, suppressing and repressing it. It's just a completely different experience, right? You allow people to show up in whatever pants they want to, meaning the happy pants or sad pants, and it's okay. And you don't have to engage. And it has nothing to do with creating a boundary. It's just moving into the isness, right? Which is different. I'm not saying creating a boundary is not a good thing, but it's just different. It's a different way of showing up when you apply this law. All right, if you can believe it, we're already ready for our second break. So thank you so much for joining me here. My name is Ranchelle and the show is Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle here on Inspired Choices Network. Many of us view success as something that you arrive at, something you pursue, something that you will have to make happen. What if you ignited success within yourself? What if you viewed success differently, changed the way you look at it? <laughs> Would you feel differently about yourself and your journey? Tuning in to Ignite Your Success with Entrepreneurial Success Coach Ranchelle Van Bryce, you'll receive tools and insight to ignite your very own success differently. 
Join Ranchell Wednesdays on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to Ignite Your Success with Ranchell. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. Welcome back. Um, I decided in this last break to just grab Raymond Hollywell's The uh, Truth Principles, Working with the Law. And share with you like live in the moment, you know, um, how I practice the laws, right? So rather than sharing with you in theory, to give you a real example and sample of what that looks like. So I just picked up the universal law book during the break. I opened it up to a law and I opened up to one of the laws called the law of compensation. And so um, I'm just going to put my glasses on for those of you who can't see me but are now, uh, if you watch me on TV, you'll see this. So here is um, the law, universal law of compensation. So here's one of the things that the law says. Success or prosperity does not need to be made. It always is. But you, in turn, must change. Then your affairs will follow the change. Where do you change? Well, the seat of all movement. The controller of all activity is your thought. The key to every man is his thought. That's a quote by Emerson. The key to successful living is the right adjustments of your thoughts. If your thoughts are constructive and proper, you cannot remain imprisoned. If you are dissatisfied and unhappy, you will be inspired for something better. If you want prosperity and success, but new, do not strive to change in any way, how can you expect things to be different? If some habit possesses or obsesses you, you are not the master of your life until you decide to change the habit. Now, this is in the universal law of compensation. This is one of the laws. And so... You know, uh, when Hollywell's talking about the laws, he actually ties in all the laws together in every single chapter. And so the, you know, the, the law of compensation, you may have thought was something completely different. And it goes into like how to be compensated in business in your profession. But one of the first pieces is success or prosperity does not need to be made. It always is. Now, this could be a kind of a mind-blowing, you know, um, statement if you believe that you make money 
if you believe that you make money, what the law is saying is actually you don't make money. That success or prosperity doesn't need to be made. It always is. Our natural state of being is success and prosperity. We are success. We are prosperous. But our individual programming, our humanness shows up and it kind of gets in the way. We get in our own way. I'm sure you've heard that before. I, I believe that's really what they meant. They, whoever they were, who first said that, get out of your own way. I think what they meant is the human being, the programming is in the way. If our natural state of being is one of success and prosperity, and you don't have to earn anything, and, and it's not meant to be made, like, think about that. If we just knew that, we could just naturally show up in our natural environment, who we naturally are. And we are success, we are prosperity. It's a game changer when you move into, so here's where you, the universal law of non-resistance is, don't resist that, accept that. What if that statement were, were true for you? So how I would take, um, and what I used to do and, and, and do in other ways with the law is, I would look at that and go, hmm, statement but you in turn must change well okay so if i'm responsible for all of my results and i'm not happy with my a circumstance an environment right uh if i'm not happy with my results what could possibly be the thought behind that what actions or inactions led to my outcome where maybe do i need to change my attitude where maybe do I need to let go of a bad habit? Where maybe do I need to um, make different decisions? Right. When I, um, two, three years, two and a half, three years ago, when I was studying this law, and I remember it like it happened yesterday, I, I started to think about, I was always running out of time during the day. Like I never had enough hours in my workday to get everything done. And so at first I thought I had a time management challenge, right? So I started reading time management books. I love reading. I start to do study on how to become better at time management. And in the end, what I realized was, A, was that um, I actually, my brains are on fire and really creative earlier in the morning than later on in the afternoon. I also realized I was going to bed quite late. And so I wasn't really starting my work day to like really like I wasn't getting super focused till 10 o'clock in the morning. And so I thought, what if I could be super focused earlier? Um, what would that look like? You know, what if I started my work day earlier? What new habits would I need to create in order for that to happen? So I started getting up and I used to say it all the time, I'm not a morning person. And so I thought, well, what if I was, what if I could be a morning person? What would that look like? So I made a decision to be a morning person and I started to set my alarm to get up and I started to get up at, at, um, at that time it was 6.30, 6.45 AM. And so then I would be ready for work, right? And I've worked for myself for a very long time, but I'd be in my office at 8.30. And then a year after that, I joined a morning program where I was part of a morning program and I needed to be at my desk kind of with it, not necessarily on camera, 
because I wasn't presenting at 7 a.m., which required me to, because I, I have a morning routine, required me to then get up even earlier. So all of a sudden I had to let go of, I'm not a morning person to, I've become a morning person. The habit that I needed to let go of was to stay up really late, develop a new habit of going to bed earlier, having a different evening routine, having a different morning routine, starting work earlier, um, not, uh, not working till seven or eight o'clock at night so I couldn't fall asleep, right? exercising at a different time, eating at a different time, drinking more water, like all of those things came from this slight change of, I believe I need to get up a little bit earlier, right? So, and that happened because I was reading this, um, this law and thought, where do I need to change? And I knew there were some habits that I had just got into the habit of like staying up late at night and watching TV that it, if I wanted to get to my next level, I was going to have to let it go, right? So when I talk about how do you work with the universal laws, that's how you work with them. You take a look at, now that's, the, the, this um, chapter is, I don't know, I'm two, was it, 12, 14 pages, and I read two paragraphs of the 14 pages, right? So you can like literally take and I would recommend taking one law and studying it for the month and reading it every single day and asking yourself, where, where can I apply this? How can I apply this? How can I integrate this? How will I know when I embody it? And because it's fascinating, it's so much, it's so much fun, right? So he says, if you want prosperity and success, but do not strive to change in any way, how can you expect things to be different? I'm sure you've heard this. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Right? He says, once you've changed your vision, you will change conditions. Once you change your vision, you will change your conditions. Right? Only when we cease to recognize a condition do we cease to attract it? This is in the universal law of compensation. Only when we cease to recognize a condition do we cease to attract it. Like, think about that. If you're recognizing a condition, if you can, you're resonating with that condition, it might be something you don't want to resonate with, but you're attracting it. It's happening. How do you know? How do you know you're resonating with it or attracting it? Look at your results. Look at your circumstances, look at your environments. That's what you believe. That's what you believe. You may not think you believe it, but your results, your circumstances, your environment doesn't lie. And doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It's just like, oh, I have a belief of X, Y, and Z, right? In the universal law of compensation, he says it's useful to praise. He's talking about um, a new home. Sorry, so I've skipped a whole bunch. But one of the statements I have highlighted here, it's useful to pray for a new home if you cannot take, a, take care of your present one. It's useless to pray for a new home if you cannot take care of your present one. And about two years ago, when I read that, like I said, I study this book all the time. Um, and I read that and I realized that I wanted a new vehicle, but A, I didn't really know what I wanted, right? That was one thing. But also, I wasn't taking care of the vehicle that I had. I thought, ooh, 
how can I receive a new vehicle if I'm not taking care of the one that I currently have? And so I started to take care of my other vehicle. Um, and it was little things. I started to wash it, you know, a bit more. I started to, to uh, dust the inside on a more regular basis. I have a bad habit of um, when I'm on the road eating in my vehicle. And then um, when I would come home, I wouldn't bring out like the coffee cup as an example. So I started to like bring up the coffee cup when I was drinking coffee in my vehicle. I started to make sure that my receipts were all in one place, right? And I started to take care of what I had, uh, knowing that the, university, the universal law of compensation, that part of this law is to love what I have, to take care of the temples, right? To take care of ourselves as it is, to be grateful, which is the, um, another law, right? But to be grateful for what I already had. All and all of these things kind of add up to the to a brand new way of showing up in life, a new way of being, I call it, a new way of living, because we can take these and we can create such ease and flow in our lives if we if we have an opportunity for direction, really, right? And I think that that's the piece of it is I think a lot of people are have confusion and not really sure what direction to go to. And, you know, what happens is we look outside of ourselves for that direction. And I understand that. And I think that I do believe that, uh, that everyone needs some sort of mentor or guide um, or coach. Uh, I, I, I mean, I 100% believe that. I also believe that each one of us has answers within us, but we just don't know how to access it because of the way that we're programmed. And so if we, you know, um, can utilize different tools like the universal laws uh, to help us kind of facilitate a new way of showing up, a new way of being, we'll have new results, right? Which I think is really, um, I think everyone desires more, right? And that's actually in the universal law supply. That's one of the laws is everyone has a desire for more because more is available to us, right? So there's opportunity for each one of us to kind of show up differently and decide what kind of life we want to, uh, to live, how we want to feel in our life. And then we can, in this particular instance, I'm just talking about integrating the laws into your life and having, uh, using them as a guide. Uh, you know, it's, it is a great opportunity for, uh, for studying. So we're already ready for our next and last break here. So let's do that. Once again, thank you so much for joining me here on Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle. We're on Inspired Choices Network, and I'll see you after this next break. Many of us view success as something that you arrive at, something you pursue, something that you will have to make happen. What if you ignited success within yourself? What if you viewed success differently, changed the way you look at it? Would you feel differently about yourself and your journey? Tuning in to Ignite Your Success with Entrepreneurial Success Coach Ranchelle Van Bryce, you'll receive tools and insight to ignite your very own success differently. Join Ranchelle Wednesdays on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. 
absolutely could send me an email. I would love to connect. We could have like a virtual coffee. That would be absolutely fantastic. Welcome back. My name is Ranshaw. You're here with me on Inspired Choices Network. And uh, we're talking about actually living the universal laws and what this could look like for you. And just before I break, I gave an example, rather than talking in theory, I gave an example of how you can start studying the law and the questions you can ask yourself in order to move to a place of application, integration and embodiment. And so I was talking about the universal law of compensation. I want to, you know, finish the show off by diving, you know, a few more minutes into this, uh, into this law. Um, I love this. When you perform your tasks to the very best of your ability, or when you are thorough in your work and do it well, you infallibly bring out the best there is in you. Otherwise expressed, you grow more capable and efficient. You become better and thereby show your growing superiority. And the law, so we're talking about the law of compensation, is that he who becomes better will attract the better and be given the greater things to do. So the law of compensation basically is give your best all the time. And when you give your best, more of opportunity for you giving your best will come. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? To give your best, to not half-ass it, to like, okay, I'm gonna commit. So can I fully commit? And what does it look like if I fully commit? And when I fully commit and I do my best in the situation, um, the universal law of supply will kick in. So does attraction, so does thinking, so does comp and the universal law of compensation is you'll be compensated. So we can let go of this with them, what's in it for me attitude that is predominant in our world right now and go, if you give your best, the best will be returned to you. But we're not raised that way, or some of us were raised something similar to that. But certainly there's a lot of like, you show me yours and I'll show you mine going on afterward, uh, in the, in, afterwards in the world right now. What if we just showed up and we were willing to commit to the, doing the best that we possibly could with what we had in that particular moment? And it's not about striving to do more so that you get more. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not talking about looking for approval for somebody or from someone so that. But it's like just taking and understanding the law of compensation is if I give my best, it will be returned to me, whatever the best is. New opportunity. This principle involved is that when you become too large for your present place, you'll begin to draw yourself to something larger right? Boom. You must earn what you receive or you cannot keep it. I mean, the laws are so um, simple in the sense of they're clear. They make it really, really super clear as to what that could look like and how we could live in a way that could bring us everything that we say that we desire, right? It if we want to wave a magic wand and create and manifest something different, the magic wand is the universal laws, right? I believe, I believe. My, my humble opinion is that the, mag the magic wand is in the application, is looking at the laws and studying them. Like I said, there's 11 laws. You could study one a month. It would be so much fun, you know? Uh, and that's, uh, you know, what I end up doing for myself. That's how I started this 
was I read the book and then I started to study um, and I did one every two weeks and then I repeated and then I repeated and I repeated and I repeated and I'm, I've been studying them for the last three and a half years and I continue to study them. It's not something like, oh, I got that one down pat. Yeah, no. Um, and that's really what I'm talking of is I'm sharing my experience with you so that if you're like, how do I do this? That's how you do it. You just start. There's no wrong way. Just, just start. What does this look like? And and ask yourself a whole bunch of questions. Be radically honest with yourself. How are you showing up, right? I mean, I know where I procrastinate. I know where I self-sabotage. Um, you know, it, we just you spend time in that radical honesty place. And then you're like, okay, well, what do I want? What outcome am I looking for? What's my intention? What do I want to be different in my life? Because if I want something different in my life, the only person who can make change or transform to make that happen is me, right? And so if I different outcome, Ranchell has to show up differently. There's no, there's no magic pill, right? It's kind of like, you know, in the world of releasing body fat, there is no magic pill. Uh, there's supplements that you can take to enhance what you're doing it's like the universal law would be the supplement to digest, to enhance what you're doing, but the, the magic pill doesn't exist. You're the magic pill. Let me rephrase that. The magic pill is you and how you decide that you want to um, show up in your life. That's the magic pill. So you're more than, and you know that you can you know, have access to yourself to do that. Thank you again, everyone, for joining here. I've had a super great time really talking about, um, you know, what that would look like to live the universal laws. And I encourage you to, you know, come and email me. Or check me out on Facebook. I'm easy to find, right? Uh, Ramshaw Van Bryce. You can Google me. I can do that. And we can certainly have virtual coffee. And again, I want to thank you for being here with me today uh, on the Inspired Choices Network. The show is Ignite Your Success with Ranchal. And today we talked about the quantum, uh, uh, quantum leap into universal laws. Man, you know, that quantum leap really, really wants to come and stay here. And so I guess I better, you know, have more opportunity to, uh, to talk about that. So that'd be fantastic. And here we go. We got a few more seconds left. I thought we said 1.5 seconds is 1.5 minutes. So it's just rolling, rolling, rolling. You know, you cannot make this up when you're live and you and you make a mistake. You're like, and I'm live. There we go. All well. Law of compensation. That's what we're talking about today. Thank you so much. Last little bit here. Five seconds left. The principle involved is that when you become too large for your present place, you'll begin to draw yourself to something larger. Thanks. Thank you for listening for to Ignite Your Success with Ranchell. Ranchell returns Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain. 2 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, be big, be bold, be brilliant, be you.